Welcome to Dig It. I have my friend speaker here today in place of Corey. So how you Hello. doing? How you doing, I'm, speaker? I'm good. It's been a while. It's good to talk to you again. It's good to be on here. I'm just filling in for Corey. I get called up in emergencies <laughs> and I missed all of you. No, no, we were actually planning <laughs> to to bring you on the show and it actually worked out well for this week, especially because uh, Corey would like everybody to know that her computer is literally in pieces <laughs> right now being rebuilt. So she wasn't able to make it this week, but uh, she'll be back soon. And I'm so glad that you could join us today, speaker, because so many people um, have been, you know, leaving comments asking how you're doing. So maybe we should just start out quickly with, you know, what you've been up to and how you've been. Oh, my my life is kind of, it, it, it's a bit hectic at the moment. Like I said, the reason that I had to to kind of stop doing this because work just got too much for me and the recording times of this, you know, it's like four or five in the morning for me and then doing that and then going to work, working, you know, nine, 10 hour days and then coming back. It just all got a bit too much. So it, I, I have been away from a lot of this stuff, which I, I, I mean, it's good to have a refresher in a while. It's good to kind of switch off every now and then. Otherwise it does get very dark. Um, but it, it is good to put your foot back in, you know, and just try to catch up on things because my life at the moment has legitimately just been my work um, and my dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I got a new dog, so <laughs> just been trying to train that, that, that thing up and, yeah, just working and just trying to get, you know, my, my feet on the ground a little bit again. Well, that's good. Good to hear from you and find out how you're doing and um, get get you caught up on a yeah. lot of things that are going on. So I'm, I'm, I'm so out of the loop, so out of the loop. And yeah. It feels weird. I don't like being out of the loop. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to get back. You're going to get like a crash course, crash course getting day. back into the loop <laughs> today because <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about yeah. China and Taiwan, the tensions rising there and the U.S. involvement. We're going to talk about the energy, the manufactured energy crisis that is causing real chaos, especially in Europe, but around the world. And we're definitely going to chat about the trans agenda. Lots going on as far as hospitals doing surgeries on minors and uh, procedures on minors. It's just insane how far it's gotten. So I'm sure you'll have a lot to um, to say about some of these things. So let's get into it. So first on deck, we have China and Taiwan. So there's been a couple new developments. Of course, you know, the tensions between China and Taiwan, as you know, um, have been ongoing for a long time. Uh, but things continually are amping up and people are just wondering when the next shoe is going to drop. But there's been a couple developments this week in particular um, of these rising tensions between China and Taiwan since Pelosi's idiotic publicity stunt. Yeah, a while back. Isn't, isn't that interesting? You know, like uh, the Chinese government, we're pretty firm on them not going there. Of course, you know, you get Nancy Pelosi going over there and it has started a sort of cluster effect because after she, after she went there, after she came back, you saw, you know, a record number of military drills around Taiwan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they even fired a rocket over Taiwan, and that was the first time they've ever done that. So yeah, there's been there's been several firsts since Pelosi's stunt. Yep, and this week we had some more firsts. Um, on Tuesday, there was this live ammo. Um, that was used um, and fired as a warning shot against these cluster of drones near Taiwan-controlled uh, islands. And then again on Wednesday, three more Chinese civilian drones were detected from Taiwanese offshore islands and um, warning shots were fired off again. So clearly China is becoming bolder and mm-hmm. attempting to test and provoke Taiwan And uh, these drone incidents came shortly after, and I think in response to the Taiwan president's orders for the military to take strong countermeasures against Chinese military provocations. So, yeah, definitely things are amping up. And um, as far as the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, these, these islands, which are the Kinmen Islands, they're very, very close to China. So as a military strategic point, uh, those are the islands that China would start to hit first. So obviously they're the islands that are having these sort of drones uh, over the islands, obviously looking at their defences, looking at what they can push, because those islands are actually quite far from Taiwan and a lot closer to China. So those would be the ones that definitely China would try to get a foothold in before to make any sort of um, advance into Taiwan makes sense and um so as far as the u.s involvement um in this brewing conflict taiwan's defense ministry has said that um china's been doing simulations of attacks um on u.s navy ships and this would be in the event that um the u.s were to somehow try to intervene in a conflict between Taiwan and China, which seems to be brewing and on the horizon. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I see a very, I, I, I see history repeating itself here. I mean, you can take the Ukraine crisis um, as sort of a blueprint of what's going to happen in Taiwan. In my mind, as soon as America started to um, arm Ukraine, as soon as they started to go over there, look what happened to Ukraine. Now, America's not going to send help. America's sending weapons, of course they are. They like funneling wars. Um, So that's what we're seeing in Ukraine now. And I'm afraid that because, you know, Pelosi's gone over there, you've got Biden offering 1.18 billion, I think, in arms to Taiwan, or very publicly, um, that this is going to make something that, look, I, I I saw it always as being something that was inevitable, China making a move on Taiwan, but I just think this has escalated it 10 times more now because you can see China sort of, uh, sorry, Taiwan getting a backbone now, that they've got these, um, these guarantees from America, I guess. So you can see Taiwan start being a lot more vocal and Xi Jinping's not going to like this. Yeah, it definitely seems like the Biden regime is playing both sides. Like their strategy is to exacerbate conflict really around the world, whether it's, as you had said, in Ukraine or now here uh, with Taiwan and China. But 
then to turn around and funnel billions and billions of American taxpayer dollars to these countries where they're at least, they've at least helped to create the conflict or exacerbate it or mm-hmm. um, exaggerate the conflict, right? So we, we, we saw this sort of stuff a lot more undercover back in the 90s and 80s and, you know, even the early 2000s. America's been funneling wars for years, but then usually done it under CIA control and they usually done it quite secretively. Now it's quite out in the open. It's just, right. you know, look past the bullshit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's as though they want war around mm. the world to distract it- from their de- de- disastrous domestic failures to blame war on their own incompetence or their own criminal activity and to funnel vast sums of money away from America. It's, it's like that meme with that stick drawing, the guy with the stick, it's like pushing things. He's like, go oh, on, start a war. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And so while the Biden regime appears to be pushing us ever closer to more war, they're also simultaneously disarming our military. Um, We've got this report this week that came out that, you know, our our own U.S. military there is being depleted of ammunition stocks um, because of sending off and funneling arms to Ukraine and of which we have no way of tracking where that those arms actually go who it ends in, whose hands it ends up in you know how much of it gets sold off on the black market that sort of a thing but meanwhile we're weakening our own military so anyone with half a brain can see where this is going i mean we have this rogue regime that hates its own people and its own country and is really dead set on destroying us by purposely weakening us and drawing us into wars while depleting us of all of our prosperity and demoralizing us so i mean you can just see it every front we have this enemy within that's weakening weakening us from every angle it's 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 one of those situations that because people can look at this going you know america's only trying to help i mean taiwan have been in this situation for ages um which i mean i guess maybe they might have a point in that in some degree except knowing what we know you know looking back on past endeavors you know it, it's not for something benevolent they don't mm-hmm. care about Taiwan. They don't care right? about Taiwan. They don't care about us. It's really about, I think, distraction, funneling money, covering up their own criminal activity, and having a scapegoat. Like Russia is the perfect scapegoat for um, blaming all of their own criminal activity that they have done in Ukraine well, on well, or blaming um, their own incompetency with regards to mishandling of money and mm-hmm. energy um, See, on P- Russia. P- Putin is, is their big bad in Europe. Uh, Trump is their big bad at home. They always need a big bad. Right. Right. They, they, always, they, they, they always need to make you feel like there is an enemy. Right, so that you're distracted and you don't focus on who the true enemy is, which was is the enemy from within, the people who are running, the the deep state, the administrative state, whatever you want to call it, but the ones that are really out against our own national sovereignty, our own, um, you know, prosperity that really want to destroy America from within. 
And I don't know, I mean, I'm sure that you have the same uh, problem in your own country. Uh, well, Australia kind of follows America's lead on everything. So we're not, <laughs> we're not independent in this regard. But um, I do remember, you know, a few news uh, sort of eclipse from years back where America, Australia was just giving away their full military Accessibility, and I remember watching it when I was younger. And this when I was younger, and I was watching it, and they were telling the news, you know, how many submarines they've got, um, how many working ones they've got, how many ships they've got. I'm just like, what is this madness? Like you're just broadcasting this on national news, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like not like you know China cares. You know? It's not like they're watching, right? Mm. And planning, yeah, waiting and patiently, and, 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 and we can look at this as. And I think a lot of people do look at this as incompetence, but, you know, you get into it, you can look at it as very malicious and very planned. Right. I think on the, um, I think the reason why they installed Biden is because they can use that excuse of incompetence, obviously the senile mm. old pedophile, um, it, you know, it's, he's also a scapegoat. They can just blame everything on him for being the, you know, the bumbling idiot, while really the people who are running things, uh, the O'Biden or Obama really regime um, is out to destroy America. And so, yeah, they can, they, they on the surface would like you to think it's just incompetence, but really you're right, it's malicious. Speaking of which, we should get into the next topic. It kind of um, really is the fallout from all this war and and conflict that they have created and exacerbated around the world, it's this manufactured energy crisis that's really it's hitting hard yeah. um, in Europe, particularly. You know, the UK, Scotland. I mean, there have been protests, everything from protests to outright riots in places all over, from Glasgow to London, Puerto Rico, Pakistan, Bangladesh. And this is all over this manufactured energy crisis. People are burning their bills. They're storming and and, um, protesting outside of these energy companies. And um, when you look at places like in the UK, for example, um, you know, a lot of these businesses are getting these hit with these electricity bills um, that are absolutely yeah. just unsustainable. They've they've skyrocketed. I saw one uh, the other day that was like nearly nine. Or I think it was like ten thousand um, dollars just for a short time period, whether it was like sixty or seventy days worth of energy for a, a, a small coffee shop, and uh, you know that yeah. is completely unsustainable. Yeah, I've got it up here as a zero edge article. And um, yeah, some of the bills, you know, 1,000 pounds a month to, oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I know. Um, to like 10,000, like 50,000. And this is pounds. You know, this is, this is the price of a house. It's yeah. insane. It's yeah. insane. It's really, really sad. But you know where this originally stems from, though? It's, you know, it's, carbon neutral it's you know yeah you you, yeah you want to fight this climate agenda right this is what it leads to Mm -hmm. we're not we're not ready to push these sort of um not to a mass a mass scale to push these sort of uh, you know solar energy and and all this bullshit but it's also what they're trying to push right we just don't have the technology 
Right. It, it, it definitely stems from their ideology, their their climate hoax religion. Um, but they're selling it to the people as, oh, this is because of the war, you know, between oh. Russia and Ukraine. And we we just we don't even care if you freeze this winter. It's all oh, for the greater good. I mean, that will add to it. You know, they're, they're losing natural gas and all that from you know these countries that they want to go to war with. And it seems like I've got friends in Russia. I still talk to them um, very consistently. Russia's doing pretty well at the moment. That's just <laughs> it. That's just they're, it. They're I mean, fine. Russia's not getting hit so hard with these sanctions. It's their own people, and they don't even seem to care. I mean, small businesses in the mm-hmm. UK being forced to close down because of these energy costs. And I think that's the point. They really want to create such an economic hardship for the people. And I think they want to shut down these small businesses because if you have your own income, you're less likely to be interested in succumbing or being forced to accept this great reset plan of a universal basic income, a digital ID, a social credit system. But if you're in such economic hardship, um, because your business was forced to close down, then maybe you'll be more willing to accept what they're trying to do, which is this great financial reset. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, it, it, it comes, it's, it's a, you know, people do what they have to do when they need bread. Exactly. You, know, you, you push them in a corner like that. It's, you know, people want to survive at the end of the day. And if they get pushed in the corner, they will, and it makes them more reliant on big government, you know, which is what we don't want. <laughs> you know, we don't want to be reliant on these these me- mega governments that are trying to control the world. You know, we want to live for ourselves, sustain for ourselves, and through all these agendas, it's hurting everyone to take things away i mean i saw an article where it's illegal to chop down firewood now because of this you know yeah i think this was in germany i think with these energy costs yeah and cutting down firewood is you know it's a crime because it's not carbon neutral (laughs) right right so so they make natural gas completely unaffordable for the people of germany Okay, and the people of Germany are thinking about the wintertime and how they're being forced for the greater good, quote unquote, um, to to do this. So they're 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 uh, stockpiling firewood only now they're running out of firewood um, to the point where um, there's a a scarcity of firewood. There's they're rationing firewood. They're trying to get some from Poland. Um, So this is the dire straits that they have forced um, people to um to succumb to uh based off of of their their sanctions on russia and here's the um the german foreign minister um stating that really basically um they care more about you know this whole the people in ukraine than their own people in in germany freezing this winter and it's just Mm -hmm. a short clip i'll i'll play it for you real quick But if I give the promise to people in Ukraine, we stand with you as long as you need us, then I want to deliver, no matter what my German voters think, but I want to deliver to the people of Ukraine. And this is why, for me, it's important to be always very frank and clear. 
And this means every measure I'm taking, I have to be clear that this holds on as long as Ukraine needs me. We are facing now a winter time where we will be challenged as democratic politicians. People will go on the street and say, we cannot pay our energy prices. And I will say, yes, I know, so we help you with social measures. But I don't want to say, okay, then we stop the sanctions against uh, Russia. We will stand with Ukraine, and this means the sanction will stay also in wintertime, even if it gets really tough for po politicians. But if I give the promise... Mm -hmm. we, we, we will stand with another nation before you, pretty much. They just really don't care about their... Okay. No, that just tells you right there. Um, and I, I don't... They even think they care about the people of Ukraine at all whatsoever. Oh, it's really just a scapegoat because um, they're trying to be able to have, um, you know, Russia to blame for their own incompetence, their own failures and their own um, malevolent acts towards their own people. They're trying to transition the people into this great reset and force them through um, basically just bending their knees um, ba based off of the energy and the high cost of everything um, to just do whatever, you know, the, the government mandates um, moving forward. And, and like I said before with um, my friends that I talked to in Russia, what, what has Russia lost out of this? Uh, they've lost big brand endorsements, okay? M McDonald's closed their doors there, you know, only fans is not allowed in Russia. Is that such a bad thing? No. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is that such a bad thing that those things are getting taken away from Russia? You can survive without those things. No, I they, would say that the, the sanctions are completely ineffective. To corrupt society. Yeah. The sanctions hmm. have been completely in, ineffective on Russia, clearly, um, but they've had devastating effects on European countries in particular, but really just a, a ripple effect around the world. And, um, you know, it really hits the third world countries the hardest of all of these countries that I'm seeing, like Bangladesh or Pakistan, or mm -hmm. uh, they're full on rioting and um, attacking um, entourages of politicians in the streets because these people are starving. They have no power or, you know, gas. It's it's. It's really devastating what what's um, the the impacts that these sanctions and the ripple effects that it's having around the world. And you think that that's not going to come to to us? It, it absolutely is. And and when you think about it, I mean, for example, when you look at California, who is really just you know the the California and New York are the most progressive of the you know states in the country. California is um, warning of rolling blackouts um, over the the coming holiday weekend because oh guess what you know solar panels and windmills just won't cut it for the power you know to supply the power grid and so now we're going to have to possibly do uh, rolling blackouts because um, yeah we just can't we can't handle the supply. And, uh, oh, yeah, those electric vehicles that we told you all to buy and that we're going to force you all to buy by, what, 2030 or 2035, I can't remember. But we're phasing out, you know, gas cars completely in California. We're going to force you to have uh, electric vehicles eventually. Yeah, well, you can't charge those whenever we have these power grid failures. So then you can't travel. 
right? Complete restriction of your ability to travel, complete restriction of your power usage. I mean, this is coming down the pipe. If we let, if we allow states like California, if we allow those kind of policies around the country, and, um, you know, of course, that's what Biden would want. It's just the states um, are fighting back. So, uh it's it, it's it's definitely coming to a you know a location and, near you if it hasn't and, come already and and people can say it i mean i've i've got a mate that i talk to very um very frequently in it's something completely you know opposite of this sort of work he's not really into politics or anything um and he brought up to me the other day when we we're just hanging in discord he was like you know if this if, if, and I don't really know what sort of political, you know, leanings and stuff he was, but he's like, if America keeps going that way, you know, if, if it comes 2024 and, and this government gets in again, you know, I think I'm just going to leave, man. Like, I can't, like the, the, the things that are happening around me and stuff, he's like, I'm just, I'll just pack up and just move somewhere else. He, he's lucky to be in a financial situation where he can do that. But, you know, it, but where do you go? The problem. Yeah. But where do you oh, go if America oh, okay. completely falls? Then where do you go? What place is safe? I mean, hmm. it seems to me like, um, as you were saying, you know, Australia does a lot, uh, uh, follows in suit with, with the U.S. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it's just slower. It follows in suit, but it's just slower. Mm. Yeah. It just seems like if we don't stand and fight here in america then everywhere is gonna be like this you know people Mm. riding in the streets because they don't have enough um energy they don't have they can't afford the energy they can't afford the food you know cutting down wood just to keep warm in the winter i mean that that is basically brewing civil unrest around the world and they know that Hmm. it's as though that's what they want in order to justify more draconian measures more authoritarianism right all right all right we got one more big topic to talk about and i know this is something that's really um close to your heart something that you talk about you know a lot that you care about a lot and it's this whole transgender agenda and um you know there's been a lot of reporting just over the past couple of weeks and libs of TikTok being really at the forefront of this because she's exposed quite a lot sorry um she's exposed quite a lot about children's hospitals or hospitals in general performing surgeries on minors um in the name of gender affirming care and um so you know no doubt many people have heard about this bombshell reporting done by lives of tiktok recently where chaya rachik called children's national hospital and confirmed that the hospital does perform gender affirming hysterectomies on children and this really set off a firestorm in which the corporate and morally depraved media just really came running to the defense of these hospitals and on the attack mode against libs of tiktok 
So what are your, what are your thoughts on that generally? Look, like, like I said, transgender, like that shit does not bother me if you're a grown adult and you can make up your own minds. Where it does start to bother me is the indoctrination of it and the malice of it within children, right? The, the the mental gymnastics that they do to these kids and believe that this is going to help them or to make them believe that this is who they are. You know, it, it, it's all directed purpose from these teachers and from this bullshit. And we're seeing, and it's going to take time. It's like everything you start seeing now, you know, those these kids that have been through this that are 25 now or, you know, they're getting in and they're regretting these transitions and they're detransitioning or trying to, but it's too late for mm-hmm. a lot of them, right? Oh, yeah. And 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 it, everything's still at the, the forefront. The suicide rates are still incredibly high, right? The depression and all, all, all this, the mental illness that surrounds, this is all incredibly high. Now, the ones that you, it, like, not, the, the transgenders that you see thriving, such as I'll give an example, such as Blair White, who I do follow all the time. She's really, really great. Um, she knows exactly who she is and she knows exactly that she was a biological man. There's no fooling in her brain. Do you know? It's like she, she understands it. She gets it. And that's where I think you can see a healthy version of that come out. But when you're fooling these kids into, you know, that there's 65 different genders and, you know, these these pronouns that it gets pushed in as well, it just all served to confuse. It's all served to just reprogram this kid to be an autonomous robot. Right. And, you know, and, and strip away who they are. Absolutely. And the mainstream media running to the defense of hospitals and just saying that, of course, it's like, oh, these people are contacting the hospitals and submitting threats and these poor hospitals. Really, this headline really says it all. Um, The mainstream media isn't mad about gender surgeries on teens. They're just mad that you found out about it. They wanted to be able to do all of this under the radar. I mean, because this has been going on for a long time and they can't argue on the merits of of what's happening um, because they know that it's morally depraved to do this to kids. I mean, and putting adults aside, they can they can make their own decisions, but when you're doing it with 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 children they know that the the public would be completely outraged by finding out and exposing this um you know has put libs of tiktok really under fire um for you know exposing boston's children hospital for you know performing um and promoting gender affirming surgeries on minors and also this uh, children's national hospital as well so um but I do want to talk a little bit about um, the prevalence of this because it really has come to the forefront and people are just realizing now um, how prevalent this has been um, and how it's been operating under the radar. So, um, you know, but of course, because they can't argue with the merits, um, now they're just attacking, attacking libs of TikTok as a Russian agent, basically. (laughs) standard it's it's standard when you can't argue with you know you're you're an overseas asset or predominantly a a russian asset 
but yeah. like like you said before the, the seething of this into society and it being in the background like that's the way i can that's the best way i can explain it right it's like um i'm trying to find a way to describe it here it, it it's like there's hypnotic things that you can see in the corner of your eye right but they're not sort of in the forefront yet but you can see them and you notice them and you register them so like for example i went to my goddaughter's school play the other day and i sent you a photo of this and i, I went to my goddaughter's school play and as soon as i walk in there's a hall and there's like where you get all the tickets and behind the hall there's a transgender flag right that's it just a transgender flag just sitting there nothing else said just sitting there in the middle of the hole so it's like these things in the corner of your eye i've noticed it while i watch I, I i watch a lot of football you would refer to it as soccer so the english premier league i do love my football um you can see it now in like banners and on the stands and on the teams or on armbands and it's like it's there in the corner of your eye and how far is it going to go? Like, can't we just play football? Can I just watch football? You know, and, right. and, and that is the disturbing penetration of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't care about it in some sort of a way, except that it's being used as an agenda and anyone with any, any sense or, you know, that has any deep thought or rational thought in any way, shape or form, can pick these things out and they can see these things in society. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's the it's it's the brainwashing uh, towards the transgender agenda is absolutely every everywhere from media to in the school systems to social media. It's really hard to avoid. And when things come to light about the hospitals performing transgender surgeries, uh, such as hysterectomies on minors, it really just creates this firestorm. People start kind of wondering, well, oh my gosh, you know, how many, just how many hospitals are mutilating children in the name of gender affirmation? And it's it's stunning, even though the mainstream media is now coming to, to defense and saying, no, 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 it's and downplaying it, right? But there have been multiple studies published in medical journals of performing medical experimentation on trans children. And, you know, this article lays it out really clearly. I'll uh, link it in the description for you because it talks about, you know, established medical journal, peer-reviewed medical journals where they're doing this kind of experimentation. And I'll just read a couple of examples. Um, So Journal of Sexual Medicine, this article, Age is Just a Number, um, and it's talking about experiences and attitudes towards vaginoplasties and transgender females under 18 um, in the United States. And it's documenting 11 surgeons who had performed vaginoplasties on a transgender female minor. 10 were in private practice, and it reported ages of minors undergoing surgery ranging from ages 15 up to to the day before 18 years old. That's just one example. Um, Here's another example. 
of mastectomies being performed on uh, children, on minors. And um, in September 2018, the Federalist highlighted an, uh, the alarming contents of an article from, a, uh, from May of that year po uh, published in JAMA Pediatrics um, of chest reconstruction and chest dysphoria in transmasculine minors and young adults. And um, some of these participants in this study were as young as 13 years old. Um, so absolutely this is happening and it's it's shocking and the, the public has a right to be um, shocked and outraged by this and uh, and for these hospitals and these doctors to be exposed. But um, there have been also, um, I, there was another article also that I wanted to uh, to talk about. It, it's pretty grotesque, um, but I'll also link it in the description. But it's important because, um, so this article was published on the post-millennial. Um, and it goes into, uh, it's by uh, Christina Buttons. She did a great job breaking this down. It goes into the complications of these bottom surgeries. And it talks about how doctors um, and hospitals or where, wherever these people are going, um, how they're not getting informed consent. They're, the um, The dangers of these complications are totally downplayed. So they go in and they're just getting affirmed, right? Everything's going to be great once you get this bottom surgery, because all of a sudden now you'll feel, you know, like you're who you're supposed to be. But they're not really warned about how many complications there are, how grotesque and monstrous some of these complications really are. And this article goes into really disgusting detail um, about that using facts, just facts of, of the, you know, the, the experiences um, that these people have. But I think, um, you know, one interesting tidbit was something like 20 to 70 percent of people, let me see if I can find the quote, uh, because I thought, yeah, here it is. Vaginoplasty is this complex procedure. It's like bottom surgery to create, a, you know, fake vagina, a neo-vagina um, with they have 20 to 70 percent of trans identified male patients reporting to have experienced complications from the surgery. So 20 to 70 percent. I mean, that's yeah. So people need to be aware that um, and they're not being told um, that they're that it's very common to have some pretty nasty side effects that linger for the rest of your life with these kinds of barbaric procedures that they're performing sometimes on minors even and so um, the other thing to mention from this article is there there aren't many studies that follow trans people after like years after they've had surgeries because you know the claim is always and this is what they always say they say especially to parents they say look if you don't allow your child to get this surgery then they're going to commit suicide. And so they just emotionally blackmail these parents into thinking, I have to do this 
if, if I don't want my kid to kill his himself or herself. But the truth is that, you know, in this one Swedish study showing that they followed trans people after surgery 10 to 15 years later, and they were still suicidal, 20 times more suicidal than their peers. So it, it's, it proves that these surgeries and what we always instinctively know is that these surgeries don't get to the core problem, right? They don't just changing the superficiality, the exterior does not get to the heart of the problem, which is interior. It's emotional, it's mental. And they're just sweeping issues under the rug with this gender affirming stuff. I mean, and and that's a metaphor on, you know, like a, a, a successful life in general is an internal search, not an external search. And everyone seems to find this or push this external outcome. In this case, you know, it's gender reassignment and another person, it's, you know, property or money. And that, that's what they're searching for externally. So there is a correlation there between, you know, people need to start finding their inner worlds and, yeah, we'll be a lot better off. A hundred percent. And I just wanted to um, highlight this one particular doctor um, off of uh, that was posted on Citizen Free Press, but exposed by Christopher Rufo. Um, this is a plastic surgeon who performs top surgeries. And um, here he is talking about how he's, you know, performed over 2000 top surgeries on girls and women. And he goes into depth about how no age limit, there is no minimum age. Um, and he would do a, a consult on a 12 year old, but he hasn't yet. He's performed surgeries on girls as young as 13. These are top surgeries. Uh, so mastectomies on freaking 13-year-olds. There's such a psychopathy going on there, you know? Like, it, it, it's, it's like this guy likes to mangle bodies. You know, yeah, it's it, really it's just, sick. It, it's sick once you get into the depth of it. It's like he likes to just pick up. Yeah, for profit, for for profit. profit. I mean, there's this is a huge, huge business right now. I mean, he makes what I think it's like eighty five hundred to ten thousand per surgery, and so there's huge profit in this, and it's just really sick. It's monstrous, and um, look, like you had said, you know, it's different when you're an adult and you choose that. I mean. I'll, you know, have questions about, about why people make those choices. Um, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about kids. I, and, I mean, like you said, 13, 12, or, you know, that you do a console for. Uh, looking back on my life, you know, as an adult now and being in my 30s, you know, looking back on the things I did when I was 12, 13, I did some dumb shit. Oh it's my some gosh, really yeah. stupid stuff. Right. You know, I look back at that and I go, wow, I did that? Wow. Now imagine when I, like, you know, me looking back on something like that, you know, like, wow, they let me do that. Right. You know, I've, I, I look back on the things that, you know, 
my parents let me do now and i was like oh i don't believe you let me did that and that wasn't even to the, even close to the extreme that was like just you know let me have a drink or something <laughs> right i mean this like, picture right here is just sad to me i mean like mm. mutil self-mutilation um at such a young age to where you really don't comprehend the consequences, but those consequences will be with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And they could be very dangerous consequences with dangerous side effects. Ugh, it's, it's pretty sick. But, you know, mm -hmm. Corey, I wanted to mention something. And we've talked about this many times before, is that Corey actually did a four-part series back in 2019. I remember that. Breaking I'm down. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, the transgender agenda and how these people are absolutely being exploited. Um, it's a great read. Uh, it's a four-part series, so we'll link it in the description below because it's got just incredibly detailed information on this entire agenda, who's behind it, how they're profiting, how it's driven. Uh, it's just so much information packed into that series. And it was prescient because, uh, you know, we thought 2019 things were bad, but God, I mean, how much has it changed since 2019 to now? It's absolutely full on at this point, right? Like next it's level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to close out with is um, just uh, something a little bit positive um, coming out of your neck of the woods. I've been, been seeing um, Senator Malcolm Roberts a lot lately, and I just um, I appreciate him and what he's doing so much because he just seems like a, this lone voice in Australia. He's out of Queensland. Um, just really being an advocate for the truth and exposing the whole COVID agenda and climate hoax agenda. And uh, so I just wanted to um, just highlight this one clip from him. He has done like this entire series of, uh, of videos on his Rumble page under Senator Malcolm Roberts. Uh, where he did a COVID inquiry, inquiry 2.0, had a host of experts on this panel um, discussing for hours and hours, really exposing uh, the COVID agenda, but he closed it out <laughs> quite well. And I just uh, thought I'd play this short clip um, of him as a positive um, uh, you know, voice coming out of your home country speaker. So hold on one second, I'll turn on the audio. It's become clear that people in this country and globally have been steamrolled. It is also clear that it has been coordinated globally. It is also clear that it has been integrated, not just over six months, not just over two and a half years, but it has been planned over decades. The changes to legislation in this country were done so that they could control doctors and people. But the people are waking, and it's thanks to people like Dr. Altman and all the presenters here today, thanks to people like Senator Babette and Craig Kelly. We know and we knew that this is all bullshit and that we've been had. But we are going to hound you down, the people that are guilty. We are going to hound you down and hold you accountable, and we will expose your global agenda so that the people of Australia can be free in the future. Because I love my kids. I'm looking forward to my grandkids and we are going to save this country. Thank you.
it's good to see some voices of dissent speaking out where you're at. Mm. You don't hear that too often. Not in Australia, no, it's very rare. Uh, Malcolm Roberts is part of One Nation Party. Uh, some of you might have heard of Pauline Hanson. She's known for her, her antics, I guess, around um, Parliament at times. But there is a lot of things that, you know, that I, I do agree with um, that, that party on in, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's good to see, you know, voices that are different than just the clans you continuously see in Parliament all the time, agreeing with each other and underhanded handshakes and not giving a shit about the people. So. Yeah. Well, it's just good to hear um, some voices of truth um, wherever we find them. Um, so I, I just appreciate uh, the work that he's doing and getting some of the word out um, about, you know, just breaking apart the COVID narrative, breaking apart the climate hoax narrative and all of that. So, all right, I think about that about wraps it up for this show. Speaker, it was so good to catch up with you. Well, and so be back. Yeah, Hopefully we back. can do one soon. Hopefully we can do one for high point too. Because it's been ages and I, yeah. I really love to get into a huge conversation with you. So it has while. been. It has been a while. I've been busy because I just moved. Oh, it's been crazy. Yeah. yeah, but we will. Yes. We'll get Maybe back definitely. to it. All right, guys. So thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Mm-hmm.